stacking them deep, selling them cheap. That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Oh, man, guys. What a show we got coming up for y'all. It was wet, wild, and weird in Austin this weekend. I'm here with my friend Jonathan Merriman, a.k.a. Blue Mountain Takes, and Miss Chuck Bush. How y'all doing today? Did you call me Miss Chuck Bush? Uh, What's the I, difference? I, I no, meant I to say no Mr., yeah. but you I know. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've still got rain in my ears, I think, from uh, this weekend. Bro, my toes are still pruny. My <laughs> rain gear failed uh, probably around halfway, so it was just a soaking wet mess. Now but we're awesome. Let me ask you this. Were your glasses fogged up? Uh, yeah, they were on and off the whole time. I you had to use them as windshields uh, yeah. when we were riding around on the golf cart because there are no windshields on the golf cart. So it's pretty much uh, that's the glasses. I need like the wipers on the glasses like y'all have on the cars. Well, thing about that, mine didn't work, nor my defogger work. <laughs> After uh, we had, we grabbed a strong top five finish at the end of stage two, and then shortly after that, my – Defogger fan and my windshield wiper uh, decided to stop working. You so, could not get a North Carolina State inspection to that car. <laughs> no, that would not have passed, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But let me tell you something, guys. Everybody wants to say, was that a, it was a bad racing escort? Guys, let's not make a weekend of awesome firsts, rain tires that work, awesome on track, whether it be truck racing, Xfinity racing, or cup racing. All go to hell in a handbasket because we let the race go, I don't know, eight minutes longer than it probably should have due to those conditions. Your old Blue Mountain buddy's got a hot take over here. Hit me with it. (laughs) So how long have we been bringing rain tires to racetracks? 15 years. How long have our fans been dying to see it? 15 years. You give them what they want yet again, and they still (laughs) won't stop (laughs) bitching. Well. Just take it. Dude, I love it. I I loved it. Uh, Let me tell you. Now, you couldn't see anything. I could see fine on TV. I looked good. (laughs) And and TV, I don't even know. I kind of went back and watched it. It was like this heavy fog, um, you know, obviously because the mist is in the air and people want – we're talking about sprinkle tires and mud flaps and doing all this sort of stuff to mitigate this mist. But at the end of the day, like, it's it's a part of the the gig. And I thought that there was so many – and – I don't want to, to to get too sidetracked here, but I think honestly, a race in the dry would have had very minimal excitement. And, you know, you, you never want a a points paying rent race to be an, ex- but you don't know what you don't know. What do you mean? That thought that was a great experiment. Yeah. It was, but dude, I it mean, was awesome. You don't know what you don't know, and what we learn from that, and what we will take away and apply to the next time we're at a race track when it rains. Can I? Say a little hot take here. Yeah, sure, sure. You can do what you want. You can leave. <laughs> the wrecks down the backstretch were because people, I'm not going to say they were scared, but they lifted halfway down the backstretch. On the racetrack, you have to assume the guy in front of you is going to where the brake marker should be. And the brake marker, you would drive underneath the the overhang there, whatever, the crossover gate, that pit boss crossover gate, and it was like three Mississippis, right? You grab fourth gear, pit boss, okay, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. When you get a guy that lifts 15 Mississippis before the pit 
pit road crossover gate, that's not safe. So like, that that wreck is on the slow car. Who lifts yes. infinitely further b- before he was supposed to. I get you can't see, but you can't be scared. You got to commit until you know where you break. Now, me as a competitor, if somebody breaks 15 car lengths before they're supposed to, I just trust that guy's professional and going to that point where he's supposed to break. We saw that with the 19, drove into the back of the 34 because he lifted before the crossover gate. The four lifted like, I don't know, a half a mile before the crossover gate. So, like, during cautions, when before, like, when my wiper could somewhat work and I could see where I was going, I had the crossover gate and I had, like, a visual out of my right side window. It was, like, this first Geico billboard. And I had, like, these peripheral markers I would go off of, especially when I couldn't see where I was going. I was literally driving out the side window, like, okay, I can start stopping now. And then I would, like, kind of look for the yellow curbing turtle to kind of, like, shoot for that because you were literally just flying blind um, and just literally trying to get around the racetrack. But I – you had the complete spectrum. You have Kevin Harvick getting out, saying that he was the most unsafe that he's ever felt in a race car. He has a point. And then you have Kyle Larson, who says, well, driving a race car is not going to – it's supposed to be unsafe, or you know, it's not supposed to be safe per se. So you have guys on this side, and you guys have, and you have guys on this side. Why, like, the truth lies somewhere in between. Well, you also got a, a guy that's pretty pissed off getting out of a race car, and you know. yeah, you jam a microphone in his face, and of course, his stuff's wrecked because he got he got hit, then he got hit in the fence. So like, yeah, was it sketchy? Absolutely, it was. But at the end of the day, you're a race car driver, and your job is to drive a race car fast. That's what I think. Well, and Scott Miller, after the race, um, had some good comments on it that, you know, obviously NASCAR is going to take this and learn from it. They're going to look at the high-speed camera, look at the way the water is coming off of – we could see it in the turns with, uh, you know, CGR camera guy was shooting that, and you could just see the spray, and there's a distinct pattern to the way it comes off Mm -hmm. behind every car, the way it goes over the spoiler. So they're going to study that, see if they can deflect it, do something with that. But also the question I had, was say for that backstretch, just for Coda, you know, you're hauling the mail down there, right? Yeah. Full, what if they put out a lo- what if you put out a local caution for that backstretch? Like, so yeah, but I, then I thought about that yesterday. It. Well, it does a couple things. It gets you out of rhythm, right? Yeah. Like you go fo- like you're trying to get in a a somewhat of a groove to find the grip and and figure out what that limit is to push yourself. And then you may then you know you come off twelve, and what is what is it's supposed to be. Is it supposed to be pit road speed? Right. Like, how do they regulate a yeah. a certain area? Uh, and I, I I don't know. Like, I would have been okay if I could actually see if my windshield wasn't foggy. I could have dealt with running, yeah. you know, on the – Now, when you're hydroplaning at 160 miles an hour and you grab fourth gear and all of a sudden you are you go from 7,000 RPM yeah. to like – And your car is just – wandering around you're not in control that might be a little bit dangerous and i think nascar made the right call with how hard it was raining and how much standing water there was but rewind the take out the last 15 minutes of the race that was great stuff yeah. and it was a positive that nascar was just in the area of austin fans came out in droves hanging out weather in the storm literally with us uh there was a ton of people there best pre-race all year mm-hmm. i might add Cody Johnson sang a national anthem. We had Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. His, got his me poem, going. His poem to I, start it off. Was I got amazing. two questions for you, Chuck. Yeah. The first one: 
Scott Miller was at the back of the hauler. Mm-hmm. Did you ask him who the guy was who decided to kick the tire on the old 99 down there in Daytona when he was working for <laughs> MWR and got launched? Did not ask. Did you All ask right. that guy? Uh, hey, Scott, uh, side note, who was that dumbass that yeah. kicked that tire? It, it, Listen, how there was only time for three or four questions. I didn't want to you know, waste uh, the <laughs> legitimate reporter's time with uh... – and, and second question or, or point. Austin Sendrick, at the beginning of that race on slicks with it raining, yeah. driving away from everybody. And it seems like that some of these dirt guys seem to run pretty well in the rain. Yeah. I, I want to Well, because you're this. searching for grip constantly because it changes. To that point about uh, the slicks and all that. Yeah, Austin Sendrick did that. But you guys went out mm. and then came in and mm. changed the tires. Yep. So – NASCAR gave you the opportunity yeah. the first time to pick which tires you want without losing track position, right? So it was probably, I don't know, um, maybe five guys stayed on dries yeah. or or wets, rather. Sorry. Yeah. It was Bubba Truex, McDowell. Those are the ones the, up And front. both JTG cars. Yep. Um, and everybody else elected to put on dries because it was literally right in between. Like, rain's coming, but the track's dry, so you know you're going to destroy your wets if you run two laps hard on them. And sure enough, the bottom fell out. And the 33, to your point, stayed on dries for five laps. We come in after one lap and put wets on. And it was amazing the difference in grip between just the wets on a little bit of a wet racetrack or wet surface to how you're just hanging on (laughs) for dear life on those dries when there's a little bit of wetness on the track. So, and, And as we noticed on the restarts, new wet tires were a lot of grip. So... If we throw in these hashtag sprinkle tires into the mix, because there was one run there where we probably could have put on intermediate sprinkle tires and been able to be okay. So I think that another option that Goodyear presents to us here in the future should be another cool element to another rain race. I hope it happens again. I I, I love it. I I thought it was a win. A friend of mine, this was her first race, her first NASCAR race she'd ever gone to, and she walked away happy. She was like, I'm glad I, I spent the money on the ticket, even though it was raining. Yeah. Soaked to the bone, but an awesome experience I mean, from a fan perspective. Nobody else has gotten to see. I mean, we've had wet weather at Daytona and at the Roval, but no one else has gotten to see a full-blown NASCAR race. race. Yeah. And I will say, with Kevin Harvick being vocal, um, you know, there is something coming up this week that will show off his vocal abilities uh, Saturday after the Xfinity race is the uh, long-awaited Renegades bad boy documentary that NASCAR has been working on for a while now. Let me tell you, Chuck sent me the link last night to watch those four. I'm a little bit biased because they gave me a couple uh, cameos in there. I'm not sure why, but I made the clip a couple times. That is the coolest rivalry-based show that NASCAR's ever done. I think it's on FS1, right? Yeah, I believe it's FS1 uh, Saturday after race. Guys. Make time in your dang schedule to watch that. It is the coolest stuff. There's footage I've never seen on in NASCAR history, behind-the-scenes stuff with Harvick's fighting every single person in the garage pretty much. <laughs> oh, dude, it, awesome show. The, the Him pushing uh, Jeff Gordon uh, into uh, – No, push Keselowski and yeah, then push it, allowed Jeff to grab yeah, his collar. Yeah. God, I love that. that in, so I got to do the interview with Jeff for that documentary, and – let me tell you, those stories, like that interview ran long, like we're running long on this show a little bit right now. Um, and, you know, he, you could tell, he, he started to look at his watch a little bit, but he was telling such great stories 
It's like I didn't want to stop him. Yeah. Because he was giving this good like analysis of the sport and the way it all like it, it was amazing. Who's the ultimate in your opinion NASCAR badass of all time? Earnhardt. For sure. Yeah. I think it's a distant. I think he's a way out. Er, it's got to be Earnhardt, but I don't know. I grew up Tony Stewart era, and I wasn't a Tony fan. But that dude, you talk about somebody who's give a damn is busted. Tony what, Stewart did not his. care. I would say that, the, I, yes, Tony is a, uh, one of the bad boys, but Earnhardt takes it because he's got all of the championships to back it up. He did, and he also monetized the hell out of yeah, it, which was yeah. next-level genius. Yeah. yeah. He ha- he is he is the mold that everyone else Tried to follow. Tried to. Yeah. When you go start wrecking some people, Corey, roughing them up. When it's worth, so I I think about this often. When I choose to get into a rivalry with somebody, we talked about a little bit of a rivalry rivalry last week. I'll wreck some people for a position that's worth possibly taking a punch to the face. So wrecking somebody for 18th isn't worth getting punched in the eye. You got the hockey hair going. If you missed a tooth, if you were missing a tooth, you could pull it I'm off. I'm not worried about the day when somebody wants to come scrap. I'm not worried about that. I'm all, I'm just worried about is it worth it to try to get in a fight with somebody for, you know, a 16th place finish. Right now, it's not. Well, maybe maybe that's some wisdom that you could pass on to uh some of our guests on the show today. Yeah. Um, well, we got a we got a big show. We got yeah. Rajak Ruth and Nick Sanchez from Rev Racing. It's cool to see their background and how they're doing this year and, and in the future. And then we got Ryan Flores Pit Road Boats and Woes segment. A lot of stuff coming up this week. Uh, Coke 600 leading up to it. A lot of stuff. Stand by for Stack of Pain. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, guys, you know what segment it is. Pit Road. Boats and woes. We almost needed a damn boat on pit road this weekend for as wet as it was. But first question, Ryan Flores, who are you going to be changing tires for next year? I'm not real sure. Just trying to make sure that I'm, I'm changing tires on the two car next week. You know, it's a it's a fight. There's always guys coming up. So as long as I'm good enough, I'll be uh, I'll still be here on a Penske house car. I got a contract for another couple of years, but uh, just worried about going to the 600 this week. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So there's no truth to the rumor that. It- it's going to be renamed Roush, Fenway, Kozlowski, Flores Racing. There, hey, there's a little bit of truth to every rumor, but I don't know. I don't know if there's any much uh, much traction behind that one. I oh. did do a, do a stint there at Roush, uh, Fenway in my younger years, but they didn't offer me uh, part of the company to stay, unfortunately. <laughs> oh man, I hate that for so, you. <laughs> we yeah, uh, maybe. Man, that was that was what I mean. 
there was so, there's so many ways we can go and talk about this weekend because we could talk about how we brought our old ladies down there and we were lime, lime scooting around downtown Austin all weekend and my wife busted her, her knees and face all up. Or we can talk about stuff that went on at the racetrack. We come down, some guys put dries on, some guys put wets on. We come right back down and put wets on. And then it just proceeded to be a complete cluster the rest of the day, which I thought was awesome. What do you think about it from your point of view? Yeah, so to, to, you know, to start, it's a lot more work because we had almost as many sets of tires as we had for, like, Atlanta, you know, because you had, uh, like, 10 sets or 12 sets laying with, you know, all your slicks and all your wets, and you have to have them all ready because you don't, like, it would stop raining and you you didn't know if you were going to dries or slicks, and right away we went to slicks. So it was a little bit of a mess. Thank God they had a overhang right behind our pit stall so we didn't have to set up, like, all of our tent with all the rain sides on it and everything, but it was – uh it was definitely tricky. And then, you know, pit road itself having that, you know, three foot red strip of paint was not as slick as I thought it was going to be, but I did see a couple guys in the truck race bust their ass. And we saw a couple guys on film slipping when they were putting tires on. So, uh, you know, in the past teams have kind of looked at road courses and rain races as kind of, um, more or less like a day off, not a real highly competitive day, but you know, the further we get into this and the, and the further down the road we go, you know, we're running more road courses than we ever have, and we're definitely not going to shy away from these rain races as much uh, as much talk as there was this weekend about not doing it. We're going to figure out ways to do it. So it's something that uh, some teams are going to embrace and get good at, and other teams are not, you know, just like anything else. Absolutely, and I think NASCAR still, too, is incentivized to make it work just for how valuable the TV broadcast windows are. heard that there was a hashtag sprinkle tire test at Richmond yesterday trying possibly some mud flaps. What would you hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know that, hell, we, we uh, this this sport, you know the deal, no is not an option, right? If you're going to be a good racer, you're going to make it a long time in this sport. Um, you don't just ever throw your hands up and go, can't do it. You figure out ways to do it, right? And uh, if there is ways to uh, figure out how to, how to kind of stop the wake of water, you know, and, and get there to be a little bit more visibility, there's a lot of smart people uh, at every team, and that's, that's uh, something that, will get tackled pretty quickly and and I think they'll get a handle on obviously it wasn't it wasn't great for for you this week and I know you said that your uh windshield wiper and de- defroster broke but you know you see a lot of these guys windshield wiper programs that don't work real good people don't take it real serious they just put whatever is the lightest weight easiest thing in there and you see it biting these guys so uh you see it biting these guys so yeah you um it's something that people are going to have to t- start taking more serious now moving forward because, you know, there's real points on the line. You're, you're my friend with all the stage points this week. You know, you, you took advantage of it, and uh, it's a big deal for, for guys like you, and and uh, it's really levels the playing field. Dude, I'm all for rain racing. Give me all the rain racing. Now, when, we're, when there's a downpour and we're hydroplaning at 165, probably not the safest conditions, but, hey, like Kyle Larson says, driving a race car, isn't supposed to necessarily be safe. It's supposed to be a little dangerous, within reason. So there was hey Ronnie Crooks. You know you know Ronnie Crooks, right? Oh, yeah. Old school shock guy, been around forever. Mm-hmm. He says it this way: If all you guys weren't so greedy and everybody wasn't in such a rush to win the race, then we wouldn't have these problems, right? You guys just slow down a little bit. Don't be in such a rush. Hey, that makes sense. You know, if we ever just run seventy yeah. percent, we can not wreck each other. <laughs> but then again, it's That's called it. racing. We are headed to the longest race of the year, the Coke Six Hundred. Uh, seems to be an eternity. 
plus a couple hours. So what is different? What is there, like 900 pit stops during the Coke 600? What do you guys do to prepare? I think the most we ever did was like my second year in the sport with McMurray. I think we did 18. We were just re-gluing. That's when you could go get like unlimited sets of tires. Uh, we would just, that was the old car. That was before the COT car. But yeah, we'll do, man, we'll do 10, 12 stops this weekend, depending on how the cautions fall. Last week, or last year we won this race. Last year was the longest race in NASCAR history because it went in overtime. We won the race with Brad and we won because uh, Chase pitted. Remember, he had the best car. He got back to third, but... Uh, but yeah, this is one of those deals where you gotta, it's definitely a war of attrition. You gotta keep your guy in it all day. You can't lose track position and uh, be there at the end. You'll see some strategy with two tires and it's it's arguably the most grueling race of the year. One could argue the Southern 500 is fairly grueling, but to the Coke 600, one of those, like when the spotter's like, all right, man, there's halfway. You're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm spent mentally and physically. And yet we still have another 300 miles to go. But also that's what makes it great. It's Moral Day weekend. It's probably one of my favorite races of the year. Right here in the backyard, you can pop out of your car, drive home, and sleep in your own bed. It's tough to beat that. And that's why we have Pit Road Boats and Woes. Another great segment, Ryan Flores. All right, guys, welcome back. We are with who I thought was a friend, Mr. Nick Sanchez, driver for Rev Racing in the Arkham Menards. Arcus, what is it called now? It's called the Arkham Menard Series. K&N Arkham Menards yeah, Camping yeah. World Gander Truck Series. Yep. West. <laughs> we were talking behind the scenes here. Granted, hang on, hang on. Before we get too far into this, what do you think about your bullet coffee? I think I'm going to be having to get this more often. So we go, my, my thing is every Tuesday morning, go over to Whole Foods, Merriman, and get a bullet coffee. Can't get it back home. Only can get it down here in Whole Foods. Nick Sanchez says he likes coffee. I said, come on, we're going to get a bowl of coffee. <laughs> I think he's just choking it down because I bought it for him, and he's trying to be a good guest. But here we are. It's pretty freaking good. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. it's So it's got butter. For those who don't know what a bulletproof coffee is, black coffee, butter, MCT oil, and protein powder. So it'll make you shit your brains <laughs> out by 1130. Be careful. And then you reminded me that you wrecked me in the little 600. I, th- I thought today was going to go well. <coughs> well but I, then you reopened a, a wound because I take that stuff steri- serious. Oh, I know. And it, Why'd you do that? Just going for it. Um, I feel like me and you, whether it be the off-axis race, the little 600, we always – it's like a magnet. We always find each other. And it's always up to me and you to either wreck each other or win. But – uh. Yeah, I don't know why. For some odd reason, I feel like you come out of the better part of that every single time. I don't you, remember. Most but I know case, I don't have the trophy. <laughs> most cases, but a little 600, I know. I think you got the final say in me. All right. Yeah. I like that. So we're 50-50. <laughs> we're 50. Well, well, thanks for jumping yeah. on the show. We're here on Stacking Pennies. For those, tell, tell the folks listening a little bit about you. You're 19 years old, doing some big things in the Arca Series with Rev Racing. So how's the year going? Um, you know, it, it got off to a really rough start. Uh, we wrecked at Daytona, got caught in a big wreck. Um, Phoenix, we got wrecked by a lap car. Um, and then Dega is when it really had a turning point for us. Uh, we finished third, and then we've built a consistent uh, top five run from there and, you know, just building up to a win with my uh, team. So this is only your third year running oval stuff or even any sort of big car stuff. Came from Miami, you said, running shifter carts. Yes. <laughs> so do you ever jump on? Some shifter carts now to keep the old rust worn off. I just started dabbling in shifter carts. What kind of tips can you give me? Um, you gotta, you have to be very smooth. You gotta treat it uh, like a momentum-based go kart, but you also have to drive it in there very deep. 
So you got to treat it like a lady. You got to treat it like a lady. Yeah. yeah. You got to be smooth, but also you can't be too smooth. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, I still, uh, I still keep a shifter card at GoPro. What um, kind of shifter card you got? It's a Vortex 125. That's the same thing I got. Really? How Perfect. fast you go? Oh, I, I want to say high 45s, low 46s. No, That's no, no. flying. No, no, no. That is literally flying. High forty sixes. High forty sixes. It's right, been a while. I, I'm good. Since I've, I'm good with that. Because that would only put, put me stickers. about a second off. And you weigh you weigh what? Maybe 135 pounds soaking wet. Oh, 150, 155. Okay, so Depends. I'm only giving up 50 pounds. So I'm I'm fair with that. So I'll take my second off. I run about 47.50s. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I feel like you're close there. We'll have to go out one day. No, 100. percent I'll put an anchor on your car, <laughs> and then we'll be about even. So. You said you're so you're running for Rev right now, but when we were talking over coffee, obviously you're in this thing for the long haul, trying to progress to whether it be the truck series or Xfinity series. How do you see your path taking shape? Because obviously we all know that so much of it has to do with partners and sponsors and all this sort of stuff. How is that shaping up for you? Um, I think it's going well. Obviously, I'm very fortunate. Uh, unlike most, I have the opportunity. Uh, I'm fully funded in Arco, so. Uh, it's just all about uh, using that opportunity to leverage rides in the future and uh, using that ARCA ride to build partners uh, starting this year for next year and beyond. But, uh, I, you know, you always got to perform on the track because um, ultimately I think that, that gets the most attention. Um, but, you know, just uh, looking at it from more of a business side, uh, building relationships with big companies, but uh, I think it's going well. What do you want to do? I obviously want to be able to be in your shoes racing on Sundays. That's the ultimate goal. Be careful what you wish for, my friend. <laughs> it is not very – especially when you drive at 160-mile-an-hour hydroplaning where you can't see where you're going. That actually was kind of fun, kind of sketchy. Man, I think that uh, – hang on. Let me get a sip of this coffee. I can think – I think you like it. Trust me. I'm, I wish I was lying, but it's freaking good. It is good. My I brain's promise. starting to actually like, grab a gear right now. I'm in third, about to pull fourth. Hang on. One more <laughs> Yeah, coming here this morning, I was running a little late, so I was not able to get my usual. So, riddle me this. I don't do a great job of keeping up with the Arkham Menard Series K&N West, East-West Division. Um, does Ty Gibbs lap the field every single race? It it just depends the track. I know at Toledo in the first 50 laps, I was about a car length away from getting lapped by him. And you were running where? Fourth. Okay. <laughs> Um, obviously he's a very good driver, but his car, there, there's some tracks that we go to that is just, it, we just get absolutely murdered. I heard they build his cars at SpaceX. I don't know if that's confirmed or denied, um, but they run as such. I definitely think there's some development there. Um, I know, I think he almost set the track record at Dover completely in the Arca car. So I wouldn't doubt that. Um, it, it the thing is just, I've never, I was behind it at Kansas in practice and I've never seen a race car squat like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hey, he drives it, but also the thing's got to drive good. So yep. uh, I wish you luck in beating Ty Gibbs. Seems like he has a pretty strong hold on the – he was actually on the show a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? <laughs> after his Daytona road course win, I like that kid. He's he, he, There's like a meter of uh, give a shit, and his is just so far down that I just <laughs> really respect it. Um, little game we play with all of our guests, and you are no different. You are now a friend of the Stack and Penny show. We play a little game of Would You Rather. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready, but I know internally I'm not. So let's do it. At least you're prepared. 
Would you rather, so you said you're a shifter car guy. Would you rather race a cup car sized shifter car or a shifter cart sized cup car? I'm not going to lie. I love shifter carts, but a cup car sized shifter cart sounds like too much fun. That sounds very dangerous, <laughs> but also sounds awesome. I think that would probably be an F1 car if you really want to look I at it. I get Yeah. We'll go with that one. Number two. You have to choose one. You can't choose neither. Okay. Would you rather put mayonnaise in your coffee every morning or Dijon mustard? Dijon mustard. Oh, I, spicy I, must big deli mustard guy. Yeah. I mean, at least it contribute to the taste. The mayonnaise just sounds disgusting. I don't know. I feel like mayonnaise, little, little dukes in there. I think that might juice it up pretty good. <laughs> there you go. Deli mustard. Number three. If you had to pick one race car. Or one type of car could be go kart, whatever, and one track to race at the rest of your life. What are you picking, and where are you going? I think I'd pick a Formula One car at Spa. Oh, that's we've had that answer before. That's oh good. really? I, I I love it. So it's be, good taste because <laughs> it'll always change. I forgot who said that. Who said that question? Uh, who gave us that answer? Maybe Kislowski. I think it was Kislowski. So yep, there you have it. Nick Sanchez is going to be in an F1 car. Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps. You said it very nice. Thank I was you. not expecting that. <laughs> you know, I'm a professional at this podcast game. Thanks again. Don't put any deli mustard in your coffee. I won't. Thank you for the coffee and the show. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, guys, I'm excited to welcome my texting buddy. Him and I have been texting back and forth over the last couple of months since I got your number. Mr. Rajak Ruth, welcome to the show. You might be the swaggiest driver in any sort of the NASCAR series right now. Do you know that? I've been, I've been telling Nick and Ty this for the last, like, couple months. Bro, you got the Jays on. You got the, the the line up, the little lines. I mean, you look good. Thanks, man. You got the walk. You, I mean, and you got the speed. <laughs> I mean, you got to play the part, right? That's my life motto. If you can't be good, you got to look good. Yeah. But you got it too. You got you. You are good. Thanks. That's what's up. So I don't know how you got my number, but I appreciate you blowing me up because I've been in your shoes, texting Jimmy Johnson, some other guys, and just trying to pick these guys' brains on. How to get better. So I appreciate you uh, texting, asking my opinion. I don't, I, there's probably like 40 other better guys that could probably offer you better advice than me, but I appreciate you picking me. 
Have I given you anything worth your time in texting me? Yes, because so second or third run at Dover. Um, after well, first of all, hang on, hang on. Before we get too far in the weeds here, give a little, give our okay. listeners who you are, how you're so swaggy. You got some Jays on that I'm admiring at the moment. Tell the people what they need to hear. All right, bet. So I'm Raja. But you can call me Raj. Um, born in Atlanta, but I'm from DC. So not really a, a racing area or none of so that. So how'd you get into it? Lightning McQueen. So that was what? No kidding. Mm-hmm. He is speed. He is speed. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Now you are speed. Working on it. And uh, <laughs> it just, I mean, I picked up when I was a little kid. Hang on. So you watched Lightning McQueen and then what? It just got like die casts and stuff, watched races. Okay. YouTube stuff, played PlayStation games. Okay. And then. And then you progressed to iRacing? Mm-hmm. 2018 iRacing. 2018? Mm-hmm. So you like just started racing last week? Basically, yeah. Then you got good at iRacing? Mm-hmm. And then Legend Cars with NASCAR Drive for Diversity in 2019. Okay. Then Late Models and Legend Cars last year. Okay. And Late Models and Arca stuff this year. Bro, your learning curve is straight up and down. You went from the computer to real life. Literally. In like six months. How's that going? Uh, like and honestly, you win. it ain't like you're out there like you know, it's like an olive branch from NASCAR to like the esports community. Like, oh, we'll give this guy a shot. No, like you're seizing it. You're winning late mile races. You're getting after it. I mean, at first it was really hard because like to go from like getting information like through only visual and auditory stuff to like physically feeling it. Yeah, and that way understand. Talk a little bit about that. I try to explain that on the show a little bit, but I'm going. It's almost like completely different, or opposite rather, because I've been a field guy since I was a little kid. I didn't really, I mean, you kind of go off visual and auditory sounds, but that's all you have to go off on iRacing. So what was that transition like, just going from that stimulus to field in your butt? Exactly. Like, on, on the sim, I, I always say game sometimes, but on the sim, basically. It's you, a sim, real-life simulation. It's a real-life simulator. Do not call it a video game. Yeah. Oops. Uh, um, they sponsored me, so I shouldn't do that either. Do not call it a video yeah, game. Yeah, it's not a video game. It's real life. It's real life. Um, video <laughs> no, so um, basically on the sim, like you get that information, you see the 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 characteristics of your race car through seeing how the screen moves, mm-hmm. and you get like some feedback in the steering wheel, um, and you can really, I guess, hear the the tire slip and stuff. But besides that, that's really all you go off of. So you're so used to to doing that from like a tunnel vision standpoint. Whereas when you get in the race car, you, you feel it through your entire body, and you can hear. Or hear, or not hear, but but feel the things throughout your body, whether you're hitting a jack post on the left side or truck arm mounts or, um, like, feeling the things that the car does. And, and as I've, like, progressed, I've understood, like, all right, what different spring packages feel like and, and things like that to where I understand um, what I'm driving. So um, I can, I guess, specifically say, hey, can we try this that we did at, at Hickory? Can we try this at Tri-County? And mm-hmm. things like that. Whereas on the sim straight visual stuff and and there's so much telemetry and stuff you can do on there that is a lot of numbers that I don't know mm-hmm. but um to directly answer your question it's uh from just getting information from your eyes and a little bit of hearing to really all five or six senses that you got so was it easier than you expected it to be going from running a call it a, a K&N car at Dover on iRacing to jumping in there with limited practice and firing off there in the race 
Um, I mean, honestly, like I haven't done too much of the sim stuff for prep this year, just because like it's it's a lot different, like in terms of the grip level. Like I was talking with with Hosovar about this at the Arca Charlotte test a couple weeks ago. Like, um, they've got it pretty close, but if they could do something to where that the grip that you have with your with the tire is equivalent to if they switch it to where it's more of like an aero grip to where the the you're not gripped up on the tire on the sim a lot and then you just lose it whereas although the slip is different in real life like you still have some understanding of your grip level mm -hmm. um but like it, it, it the visual stuff it helps with with i guess lines and stuff like that but nothing really compares to being in the actual seat you know dropping However many when stories. When your stomach ends up in your esophagus that into one of Dover. Exactly. Exactly. Shit gets real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, man, so this is your first year running the Canon, or I'm sorry, Arkham Menards East Series. Presented by Reese's. Presented by Reese's, refreshed by Coca-Cola. Um, how are you, is are, is your season going as good as you expected, not quite as good as you expected? How's it going? Uh, that's, that's tough because at New Smyrna, like, got damage on the, the start of the race. And then ran fourth at Pensacola, then ran terrible and finished sixth at Nashville, and then Dover running third, and then blew right front. So it's kind I'm of sure been that felt up great. And down. Oh, that was that was peachy right there. Did you throw that one out? Um, the chassis? Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, what we stripped and stuff, it's still sitting in the shop right now. Mm. Um, I don't know what we'll do with it because that's what Nick got wrecked with by a lap car at Phoenix. So um, dang it, them Ilmores go, man. Like. Yeah. If, uh, like, we did our little mock-up in practice and, like, was in the chip and stuff, and I was like, that's pretty cool. But they, uh, Hey, horsepower makes them scoot now. Yes. I'll tell you. Better so, than them specs. Where do you see, fast forward five five years from now, where do you want to be? Hopefully, I guess, in line to being a cup car. Um, you know, I guess you see people that have the, the, the funding and the backing to do so, you know, got up there like in a at a quick accelerated pace um and sometimes they're able to be successful off the bat and sometimes it takes them a couple years to get going so ideally if i can find that i guess the partners to to help me get there one day like i would hope to do it the right way and and kind of earn my way up and not rush all the way up the ladder um that's kind of where i would hope to be in five years that's awesome man well you guys both get it just sitting here talking to you for 10 minutes man realizes makes me realize that the future of the sport is in good hands guys that have speed but also get it uh behind the scenes on how it works but before you leave just like nick we got a would you rather awesome let's get you ready now well i'm not gonna ask you the same questions i did nick so you don't get to have like pre i don't even know what questions i'm gonna ask you question number one you seem like you grew up on a razor scooter and or heelys if you would you rather bomb a hill on a Razor scooter with a flat-spotted wheel or Heelys? Going to go with the Razor. Because I've got – with that with, with Heelys, like, you take one – that's your ankles, and you're flipping over like that with a Razor. I feel like you've got some, some, some options to how you're going to fall. That's right. So, and a little bit more control. Right, exactly. Man, my shins just quivered just talking about mm, a Razor scooter. PTSD. I got a great Razor scooter story. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you. So every every summer after after uh, we got out of school, my brother and I, we were probably, I don't know, between 8 and 13, we'd load up in the motorhome, and we would drive around to follow the Bush Series schedule when, when Dad was racing. The first year they went to 
Nashville Super Speedway. I'm sure this whole story will come up. We'll probably talk about the week of. Great Corey stories, but here, here it is. So we get there like a Wednesday afternoon before anybody's there. My brother and I have some Razor scooters, and we're making a couple laps around Nashville Super Speedway. We go to the top of one and two, and we start going like going diagonal down the banking. Not like straight down because we like easing up to it. When we got some courage, we started going straight down the banking. My brother goes down, right? And he was probably, I don't know, he's probably nine at the time, and I was probably 12. And I was, you know, your full tuck, right? Down the dang scooter deals are up here. Well, the transition from the banking to the apron, my back, my heel hit the back tire over mm. the wind, over the dang handlebars. I went and scraped like my entire face off. So I'm sure there's some parts of my left side cheek and chin still attached to the apron in turns one and two. I have to go see it. It's still there. Nice. All right. Question number two. <laughs> I'm sitting here admiring your shoe game, like I've mentioned several times. Now, I know you must be a connoisseur with some of these shoes I'm about to ask you. Question number two, for a week, the only shoes you get to wear, Birkenstocks or Camo Crocs? Camo Crocs. That, that's not even a, a – okay, here's here's my philosophy. Birkenstocks, okay, so I mentioned I'm from D.C. So that – What if they were Gucci Birkenstocks? I don't – about, <laughs> about Louis Vuitton? Nope. No? Nope. I don't even know what Birkenstocks are. Yeah, so Somebody just told me they're that. like sandals, but they got two straps. straps. Yeah. I call those Jerusalem cruises. Yeah, the, the Jesus fours. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, not, not, uh, not pleased by them. Now, do you have camo Crocs? No. Because I do. You do? I had the Luke Combs edition. Oh, what shoe size do you wear? 11s. Damn it. You can't borrow them. They <sighs> stay in four-wheel drive all the time, not nice. two-wheel drive. Gets a little crazy around my house. Mm-hmm. All right, question number three. You know what this one is. If you had to pick one car on one track, where are you going? Car tomorrow. With Checking the wing on one. it? With the wing on it. I'm going to make you feel really old because that. Hey, hang on, hang on. What? I'm going to make you feel really you old. You want to pick me the out. biggest shit box in NASCAR history. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes, because that is part of what I grew up watching. All right, fair. So, so there's that one. Um, Car tomorrow with the wing. I'll, I'll say uh, CG that's 14 feet off the ground. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then uh, thinking probably um, Dover or Homestead, one of those two places. Be careful what you wish for. I'm sure racing a Homestead in a COT would be the most brutal thing of all time. So if that's fun. what you're down for, hey, more power to you. There you go, Raj Carruth. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining Stacking Pennies. Thanks for having me, Corey. More after this. And we're back. Another segment here. One of my favorites, heads or tails. Well, we got a lot of good stuff to cover here this week. We didn't get into our roundtable discussion. We're going to turn this heads or tails into a little bit of a roundtable. I got one. The big hitter this week, the big story, is Brad Keselowski going or is he staying? Heads or tails. Merriman, what do you think? I think he's going to go, and in, in I think the, the determining factor is going to be that new car. It's going to be a, a playing field leveler. Uh, you're seeing an uptick in performance with Busher this year. I don't really know where the where Newman's running, but Busher's running well. I think Brad can help that team. I think the next-gen car is going to be the determining factor. I say, why not? Why not uh, line your pocket a little bit, get some ownership status, and go drive for Jack Roush? 
I think I think I think he's gone as well. I think you have enough young talent coming up in the Penske organization with Cindric, and then you got De Benedetto. Like I, I think there's enough young talent there that not that Brad's not talented and not that he's not winning races, but it may just be time for a change at Penske. So Well, let me give you a little hot take here. And this is probably not a blue mountain take. I don't foresee I don't foresee this benefiting Matt DeBenedetto either. Uh, some people might think it does. I've been hearing some chatter. I don't think DeBenedetto's behind the wheel of 21, nor the two, unless he has a string of a couple good races this week or this, towards the end of the year. Um, but who knows? You know, he's the people's champ. They might give him another ride, uh, but doesn't uh, doesn't seem like he's in the conversation over there at Team Penske. Number two, heads or tails. Going to Charlotte, longest race of the year. There's some conversation this week on some people liking the Echo Park Grand Prix name of a race and not necessarily naming it, like putting the distance after the name. So are you team Coke 600 or are you team Echo Grand Prix? Mm, I'm team 600. Uh, just because of the nostalgia of it, like I'm fine. You bring in a new, you bring a new race into it. Yeah, we can, we can do stuff for some of that, but for some of these races, like, you know, the, the Talladega 500, Winston 500, what do you want to, whatever you want to call it, you know, Daytona 500, Coca-Cola 600, World 600. That is what those are known for historically. But, you know, in Austin, the Grand Prix thing at the end, like I was fine with it. I thought it was nice. I mean, it had a very European flair down there in uh, in Austin. It, it it was fun. I liked it. I hate Europe. Give me my numbers. Make sure they're not metric. See, that's my thing. If they're they're gonna do some wonky stuff, if they're gonna call it a three hundred, but then it's kilometers, I'd rather you just go Grand Prix. Don't don't mess around with the metric system. I want my race length school. in inches, son. <laughs> uh that's that's about the only thing that you're giving an inch here at blue mountain take uh what else we got i got one for you all right sort of a heads or tails that's i guess it's more of a would you rather in a sense but it could be heads or tails who are you going to take on in a fight going back to our earlier conversation tony stewart yeah or dale earnhardt can i add one in there yeah who, who did drive NASCAR, add A.J. Foyt in the mix. I do not want to fight A.J. Foyt. I would rather fight a 1,400-pound grizzly bear than stand in front of a pissed-off A.J. Foyt. I mean, he's um, he beat killer bees like four times. Unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks, dude. A.J. Foyt is a, uh, is a man. And I don't know if I'm messing with Dale Earnhardt. I don't, and, and I don't think it's coincidence that we never saw – Earnhardt throw a punch, did we, or did we not? There was a uh, he and Rusty at Bristol had a. There was a water bottle involved. Yeah, a verbal altercation, but I, I honestly don't know if Rusty wanted any of that. Mm-mm. Physically, physically, that is. You know, there's some guys I call them corn fed. Earnhardt was corn fed. Ryan Newman, another corn fed guy, just somebody that's throwing around hay bales for their source of physical exertion you don't mess with those you don't mess with those guys man you just don't you don't do it 
How do you think you would beat him? You think you'd try to tickle him or something? Because you ain't gonna punch him in the face. Well, the only way you can beat somebody like Newman is you gotta get him while he's still strapped in, like Clint Boyer did, <laughs> punk style at Charlotte. Um, so that that you know you can't do that. Now, Chuck back hinting to the uh, I can't even remember the rival Renegades. No. Renegades. Renegades. Renegades show. So everybody tune in Saturday after the Xfinity race for that. I loved. I love Kevin, Kyle Petty, too. He's on the show yapping a little bit because he got in some scuttlebutts. Never really talked. And then he talked about how the drivers don't really get in fights anymore. I've seen some pretty good ones. That Jeff Gordon-Brad Kozlowski fight at Texas was a little bit better than I expected, or I remembered even. Oh, yeah. There was some blood on both sides. I love the fact that Jeff Gordon called Kozlowski a dipshit. A dipshit, like yeah, that classic. was one of the like most underrated. Like, and he just said it. He's like that little dipshit, and it's like, yes, thank you. I love hearing that. But yes, they th- those were some blows that were thrown. Um, Jeff Gordon is scrappy. He's scrappier and, than you would think. He gets that sort of yes uh, reputation of being, you know, though the Rainbow Warriors. He's soft. He cried boy, in victory right. lane at the Coca Cola Six Hundred. Yeah, but uh, he's tough. He's tough. Ask Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton yeah. did not want nothing to do with him there at Texas. He was f- madder than a hornet. It's good stuff. Some hey, there was a couple other things in that show that I want to point out that I'm excited to watch on the live production. I've never seen any shot in racing look more like wrestling than when Matt Kenseth goes around the camera and smothers Brad Keselowski. I just that's one of my all-time favorite bits of NASCAR footage is Kenseth going after Keselowski in between the haulers. You was, couldn't even script it at that good. Was that the same season of the the Gordon incident or was that a year after? Was Gordon a year that, after this, Kenseth? That was a that was at Charlotte. Yeah. But did they yeah. happen in the same season cuz it, it all that like is jumbled up where yeah. Brad just seemed like to be a punching bag for everybody there for a couple of years. Well, he was bringing it up on himself too. He was hitting everything but the damn hot dog stand there. He was going for broke. So, who knows? I I do feel like it was the same year. I feel like it was like two or three stretch where we were getting some action. When Kenseth is another one of those like underrated like scrappy dudes that I'm not necessarily sure I would want to tangle with him. Mm, I could t- I could take him. He's a little small guy. You know, but that ain't the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the size of the dog. Right. Whatever the, whatever the saying is. Sometimes it's small ones you got to watch out for. Well, you know, you can kind of muscle somebody around with some size. Ask Merriman. He's bigger than the majority of the people in the world. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Matt Kenseth, I wouldn't be too worried about. There ain't a whole lot of guys I'd be too worried about. Now, some of the guys back in the day, I do not want to piece them guys. You going to go after Pearson in his prime? Uh, no. K.O. No, Yarborough? No, David Pearson's my all-time favorite. Silver Fox, I got a signed car of, of him in the back of my truck as we speak. So I'm not messing with David. All right, one last heads or tails. Going to the Coke 600. Some might think that the Coke 600 has bred some favorites and like a Martin Truex will lead almost every lap. Or you get somebody like an Austin Dillon or a Casey Mears win that thing on fuel mileage. It can go either way. So do we think, boys that Hendrick gets their 269th victory in the Cup Series, surpassing all others? Or do we see an upset winner here this weekend at the Coke 600? I'll take Truex for the win, and he's coming on the show next week. Ooh, Don't hold your breath. That is, 
That is ice cold takes. <laughs> ice cold take that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, so we're going either Truex or Hendrick, or are we going Hendrick versus the field? I guess it's Hendrick the- versus the field. Ah, man, Hendrick's strong. I I feel like they're on a heater. I'm going to take Hendrick. I think this is it. I think this is when, uh, which is going to make, you know, for a fun post-race. Because, <laughs> you know, those historical things, we always have content that gets churned out after that uh well, and I, I, we talk about it all the time. NASCAR always delivers on the storylines. I mean, you can literally throw a football from Charlotte Motor Speedway to Hendrick Motorsports. But I got – I don't know what it is this week, boys. I got a fuzzy feeling. Yeah? I'm going with the underdog. I'm going with the seven-car in Victor's Cole 600. Hot take. Might be a Blue Mountain take. Talk to me next Tuesday. We'll see how it turns out. I got a weird feeling going to the Coke 600 the weekend. Put some money down on it. Red seven. You know what? I like it. I'm still going to stick with my Hendrick, but I like the I like the fuzzy feeling. Like, well, you could be partially right because there's a Hendrick engine in the old seven car, so you know it could be fifty percent right, fifty percent wrong. All right, a little strategery goes a long way. It's six hundred it. mile race. I feel like we can stay on the lead lap, play a little uh, strategery, maybe hit the gas mileage just right. Steal a win out of the Coke 600, and then we would proceed to burn Charlotte to the ground. Just let me know where you start lighting the matches, and I'll be there. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. No, I'm just gonna bring one of those little like the the fire starters. I don't know about the matches; they might get burned. The fingertips. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll bring a camera so we can at least document it because it will be a, hist- a historic moment. I think we all just wear chest cameras the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> body cam we got those rigs body cam. we got those rigs all right fire just warm them up make sure the batteries are charged chuck big week coming up we have practice we have qualifying and we got 600 miles truck race xfinity race and wedged in there but is the the coolest rivalry show that nascar or fox has ever put out in my opinion renegades check it out Speaking of strategery, you can strategic your way to the app store and download jackpot races for your chance to win $25,000. Merriman, what we got this week? All right, group one, Hamlin, Truex, Larson, Kyle Busch, or Chase Elliott? Mm. Truex. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm going to go Larson. Hard. I mean, Larson has led, I think it's like over 75% of the mile and a half laps this year so probably not a bad choice hadn't led the last one only once <laughs> yeah, very, a great point all right yeah, that's the jackpot <laughs> you need that one for the jackpot <laughs> harvick byron blaney kozlowski or logano in group two do we think let me ask you this before we answer do we think Stuart haas turns it around anytime soon uh harvick hasn't been running bad and i feel like harvick runs better when he is extremely pissed off, and he seems to be extremely pissed off. So I'm going to go with the four. Granted, he's won at Charlotte, but it's not statistically one of his better racetracks. And itself, admittedly, he hates Charlotte Motor Speedway. So uh, stuff like that, you're almost beat before you go in, especially if Stuart Haas doesn't have the downforce and the mechanical grip they need. I am not hammering Stuart Haas' car anytime soon. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Hendrick car there. Byron still is on a good roll. Snapped the top 10 streak this week with an 11th. So give him a little bit of credit. He's still hunting for a top 10 every week. I'm looking for William Byron for a top five this week here at Charlotte. I like that. I mean, William Byron, you know, 
24 doing well at Charlotte Motor Speedway is not unheard of. But and you said Kevin Harvick had been running bad. They haven't been running good either. They've just been there. I think I saw a tweet from Clint Boyer that, you know, compared to last year at this time, the number of laps led is it's, it's just statistically not looking good for them. Um, I am going to go Team Penske and go Blaney. Some might say that's a homer pick, especially because we did a glass case today. But I just feel like that that organization has been running well, and he has been showing some speed at these mile and halfs, and it, it really pretty much any track he's been in the mix. So I think uh, I think the twelve could finish in the top five. Chuck must have saw a twinkle in his eye today and do filming that glass case. Hey, it, it was, he winked at him. I think. Well, he yeah. had his sunglasses on, but he had his tattoos out. So, uh, oh, Darth was Ooh. out there catching some sun. Well, the knee, the knee, Chuck's the knee was out. Yeah, especially that knee tat. You know, that's with mom. With yeah. caps and tattoos, man. <laughs> knee caps and tats. <laughs> nice. He didn't have he didn't have old Lou Blaney sprint car tat hanging out. No, sun. no. We, but you know, we were up on the pit road uh, suite, so we had that big deck energy going on. And I just felt like, you know, that that just, you know, you could see victory lane from where we were doing the podcast. I think it's just signs. Signs. Got to love some big deck energy. Talking exactly. about big deck energy. How about Dave Blaney getting that World of Outlaw win this weekend? That was cool as hell. And Dude. showing emotion. Yeah. Like that was that was something that was special. Uh, that's a little bit off brand for us to talk about dirt racing. But when overall Dave Blaney, a hero. Gets in victory lane back. It was 1997 was the last time he won a World of Outlaws race. That was pretty cool to see. It's just a race fan. It Blaney was. Fan. It was. And obviously a Ryan Blaney fan there. And Chuck, yeah. to see his pops get in victory lane. Maybe he can back it up this week. Be a Blaney sweep of the week. Who knows? What else you got, Merriman? All right, group three, then uh, then I'll get out of your hair. Bowman, Kurt Busch, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell, and speaking of corn fed earlier, the big boy, Chris Busher, rounding out group three. Hey, why you call him a big boy? He's a big bone. He is hey, look. He's healthy. Uh, I'm a full fig I'm a full figured man myself, and I'll tell you one thing. I would not want Chris Busher to get his paws on me. He'll throw you around like a hay bale in a heartbeat. He would. He's he's from Texas, man. They make him a little bit bigger down there. But uh I, I, they've been sneaky fast. They had some speed at Homestead. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can hammer a Roush car though. What were the first couple? What were the first three guys? Bowman, which I think is the strongest of the group, then Kurt Busch, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell. Yeah, you gotta go Henry Carr there. I think uh, Bowman's motivated. He's got he's the the most winning driver in the Hendrick stable this year with two. He's been in contention with a couple of them. I think him and Greg Ives can make something happen this week as well. I think I'm I'm torn right now between um, Kurt Busch and Austin Dillon at, on this one because Dillon did has, Kurt ever get back from San Antonio after he drove <laughs> straight through the sand trap and just you know hey hey that he was, a, that, was just, that was a hell of a move that he made to get through those two cars to get over to that like that was dude I all right I yeah. had one of those moments I'll give you that that was com- all luck. Kurt just hey, sometimes closed you, his eyes. Sometimes hung you need on. luck. No, well, sometimes you need luck. Sometimes you need not a lot of luck. He needed that. Used up all that luck and needed some new shorts. Because I did that one time too. He that was into eleven where Kurt went off. I did that in the twelve, uh, and I was behind somebody. Well, what happens is is you just go to the initial break and your rear tires just literally lock up and don't move, and then the tires don't have enough grip to get back going with as fast as the car's going. So you're literally just on black ice going 
however fast, 120 miles an hour. And then you hit the paint and it almost feels like you speed up uh, because you have no friction. So that was pretty impressive. He was able to get out of that sand track because I figured he was a, a goner. Uh, but luckily, it I about looked- wiped out. I about wiped out a couple guys when I did that, so I, I used my, my luck as well. It looked like somebody driving on seventy-seven in Charlotte that almost missed their exit, and they're like, "Uh oh." <laughs> but dude, you you don't have no, you have zero control when when that thing starts locking up in the wet. But like like I said, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, Dover, Dover. I I, I said, you know, Kurt Bush. I got a feeling about Kurt. I got a feeling about Kurt that he's going to get another win this year. I and, don't think so. Mm, I just, I, th- I think he's in a, I think he's in a good headspace personally, but you know, I don't really know that much about it other than just kind of being around him a little bit. We did a wired up with him this weekend and he just seemed laid back, calm, not anxious about anything. And I don't know. I, I think he gets another win this year and it could be in the 600, but he, I think he could at least finish up there. He must have saw a sprinkle in his. Uh, I did. I did. I've been looking. I've been, I've been looking awesome. in drivers' eyes, looking for that that <laughs> that that ethereal spark. Is it a is it a he tiger? Is it a tiger or is it a zebra? <laughs> you can you can tell off. Kurt, the, yeah. How's mine look right now? I don't know. <laughs> After that, I, I, you, you know what? The hair. I'm getting a lion's mane, so uh, I think uh, right. I think you got something there. All right. Yeah, he drove through turn 11, saw Chuck, rolled the window down, and said, Guess what? I'm going to win to Charlotte. And then he got back on the racetrack. (laughs) Yep, I think so. Pick me next week, jackpot races. (laughs) He's got the hand crank window in that car. Yeah. Yeah. And there you have it. A lot of good heads or tails and some good jackpot races. Go check them out this week. Grab it on the App Store. Jackpot races. It is free, guys. You're losing money, not doing it. Jackpot races, pick your picks, win the money. It ain't like winning Clint's money and like a $300 camper from Camping World. It is real life, 25 grand cash money in your pocket. Stay tuned. We got an e-NASCAR segment coming up, refreshed by Coke. Buckle up. I'm Stagging Penny. All right, guys, and we're back. For the E-NASCAR segment, refreshed by Coca-Cola, Merriman. What we got going on this week? We had a big upset winner in yeah. the Coca-Cola iRacing series. Well, we Coke. knew by talking to you last week that turn one could be an issue because it's so tight at Coda mm-hmm. in, in everything to race there. And that's what we saw on the initial start. I think Bobby Zielinski was favored to win that race. He's he's a road course ace. I don't. I think he's won every single one. He's Ex- like the Chase Elliott. Except for Coda. He gets taken out on the first one. He ended up finishing fourth. He rebounded pretty good. Uh, but Mitchell DeJong ended up winning the eighth different winner in the eighth different race. Only ten spots in that Coca-Cola uh, iRacing Series playoff. So there's some people who are going to win races that are probably going to get booted you know, if we get two or three mm. more more winners, so it's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting coming down the stretch. Well, obviously Mitchell Dzong driving for twenty three XI Racing fared better than Bubba did, yeah, in real life, yeah, for sure. Uh, he got caught up in one of them wrecks. But what do we got? The big week this week. We have the Coca Cola six hundred. Coca Cola is also obviously uh, a big supporter of E NASCAR with the, with the presenting sponsor of the I Racing Series. They're doing a big activation at Charlotte this weekend. I will be there in attendance. I'll be laying a 
wicked, mediocre, fast lap down on one of their simulation rigs, and you can come try to beat it, which probably won't be very hard because I'm not very good at it. We have a bunch of guys. It's like myself, I think, I don't know, Gregson, Zane Smith. There might be some other guys pop by occasionally. So go check out the Coca-Cola Hospitality. They have a, a really cool Irish and set-up Merriman. Are you going to come to try to lay down a heater out there or what? I don't think you want me to do that. My experience on iRacing is uh, – About as much as mine? Uh, you Have you made more than one lap without uh, wrecking? It's hard. It is so hard. <laughs> it is so – like, okay, so if you're doing single-car stuff, that's fine. But they have uh, – at least, you know, a year ago they had just released the AI racing stuff on Talladega and Daytona. Mm-hmm. I could not make it out of turn one and two. Without it's just, yeah, I mean they're so close together, and like you just, you just lose all bodily control. You're like, Ugh! and just wreck bodily control. Yeah, I don't want to know what goes on when Jonathan Merriman loses bodily control. <laughs> no, but no, it's hard. So you got to give those guys credit. It was, uh, you know, we we I don't I don't know if that the Caruth interview is is gonna air, you know, before or after this, but you know we were talking to him and, and the difference between real life and simulation, like. You get in it, and you're like, oh, I can drive a car down the interstate. I should be able to do this at Talladega. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you cannot. No, you can't. But, well, it's uh, it's interesting. The The Coca-Cola iRacing Series is, is pretty interesting, too. Uh, you know, over $300,000 on the line this year. So, there's there's, there's big money in So big races. All wrapped up in this weekend. Obviously, it's Memorial Day weekend, Coke 600. We've got – I mean, this is just one of the weekends that makes you proud to be an American more so. A little bit more than all the other ones. Um, and we've got – the USO, in conjunction with Coke, uh, the Coke's 300, which is the Coca-Cola iRacing Series event. And the grand marshal for that event will be Christopher Plant, the senior vice president of the USO. So excited to see him on the broadcast as well uh, and everything they do for veterans throughout the course of the year, but especially this weekend uh, at the most, I don't know, from in my opinion, the most American event in NASCAR all year long. Uh Arguably, I don't know. What do you think? It's up there. Look, we, you know, across all platforms, right, we we respect and, and I feel like we, we give the military and the men and women who serve their due, especially on Memorial Day weekend and, and honoring the ones that, that you know, paid the ultimate price so we could sit here and, and talk about our racing and, and other stuff and enjoy ice-cold Coca-Cola on this mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. So, look, mm-hmm. it, uh, this, this weekend's about them. It ain't about us, right? That's right. Another great partner of NASCAR, but also supports the military and really embraces this weekend is Sunoco, who gives us all the octane to fuel our sport on track and off. I'm here with Mike Barrows. How you doing, sir? Doing good. How's it going, guys? Doing well. We're just sitting here stacking some pennies. Thanks for joining on. Uh, <laughs> join us on the show what does sunoco do to really embrace this week well i mean kind of like like you guys have been talking about i mean this this weekend's huge from a, a patriotism standpoint and and obviously we are you know based here in the u.s and uh you know as the official field of nascar for the last 17 18 seasons you know we've been doing this a, a long time been part of a lot of the activations around coke 600 and, and certainly july 4th as you get to kind of the middle of the summer um, so we, we try to do as much as possible, and, and obviously, you know, with a great thanks to to all of our servicemen and women, and and what they do for us on a day to day basis, as well as getting the opportunity to remember those this this coming weekend, especially. So uh, it, I mean, it's it's big time, and then this weekend means a lot to everybody, and it's certainly including us. Absolutely, 
And uh, as you mentioned, 17 or 18 years being involved in the sport, that's a long run to continue to fuel these cup cars. Uh, what does, uh, what does uh, a company like yours do to continue to advance your, uh, your product as much as the, the teams are doing to advance the, the technology within the cars? Yeah, I mean, so for us, I mean, it's been a big change. You know, when when we started uh, back in 2004 as the official fuel in NASCAR, I mean, we were running leaded fuels and, and doing all kinds of, you know, work to make sure that that was the best product that we could bring to the racetrack at that point. And then obviously, as the years have gone on and, and you know, we changed and now since 2011, we've had Sunoco Green E15 which is our 15% ethanol, um, you know, which we worked, you know, super in conjunction with the uh, NASCAR competition team to make sure that that worked based on the new race cars. And so we're continuing to kind of develop, you know, better fuels every single day. Um, you know, the, the pump uh, fuel that you get at the pump is the kind of the same type of fuel and has the same detergent package as what you guys run there in the cup series. And so, I mean, whether you're at the racetrack where we're doing a lot of work to make sure we keep getting better every day, or if you're getting it at a Sunoco station where we're doing the same for, for everybody every day. So, um, you know, it's, it's a big deal to us to make sure that we've got the quality and performance fuel that people need. And NASCAR has been a huge proving ground for that over the last number of years. And so um, that, that's kind of the, the biggest thing for us is to have a, a sport like NASCAR uh, continue to, to allow us to be a partner and we can support them. Uh, it's, it's huge. It's huge for what we do. What's a company like Sunoco? Uh, can, why do they continue to embrace the sport uh, over and over and over for decades? Uh, what is it about NASCAR that continues to bring a, a great company like Sunoco back to the table? I mean, you talk about some of the, number one, the incredible fans, you know, we, we've seen for the longest time now, and ever since we got into the sport, even before back in the early nineties, when we sponsored a few uh, hall of famers, when you talk about Terry Labonte, Sterling Marlin, uh, you know, a lot of the work that they've done, uh, even Jeff Fuller, where we got our, our one victory in the Xfinity series. Um, I mean, that, that, that's big to be able to have that proof point to be able to get in front of so many incredible fans on a weekly basis. Uh, I mean, that, that's something that's really hard to do. And, and for us to be able to get, into a sport like NASCAR, where our product, our fuel is so important to the actual competition week in and week out, uh, you know, th there's nothing really like it, you know, I mean, so as we talk about what we do at the grassroots level, it's really important to what we do to be able to fuel those weekend warriors, those racers every single weekend. Um, but having a platform like NASCAR, it's, again, it's really like nothing else, especially when you're talking about fuel, you know, I'm, I'm sure probably the folks at Goodyear would say something similar on the tires front too. So, Mike, I heard you're going to be doing – Sunoco's going to be doing uh, a pretty big thing on the iRacing event for the Coke 300. What is it that you guys are going to be doing? Yeah, I mean, we've been a partner with Richmond Raceway Esports for, for the last number of years. And uh, what we have the opportunity to do is highlight Honor and Remember, which is an incredible organization started by George Lutz. Um, I mean, their goal is truly to honor and remember all fallen American uh, military members and, and recognize the enduring sacrifices of every one of their Gold Star families. So um, as a way to kind of thank them, what we've tried to do is raise some additional awareness for them. Uh, we have them on both the Sunoco number 46 car as well as the Virginia Tourism number 90 uh, for tomorrow night's race at the uh, the uh, Coke 300. And so we're looking forward to kind of getting some awareness there. And then what we're going to do is make a donation to honor and remember at the end of the week. Uh, and we'll see maybe some of the drivers that we have uh, tomorrow night with Jimmy Mullis and Zach Novak. Hopefully they can help us add to it. Uh, maybe if they get the pole, lead some laps. And obviously with where they finish, hopefully uh, a Sunoco checkered flag or a virtual one at least will uh, will help kind of push the uh, donation up. So looking forward to that. It's going to be really exciting. It'll give us uh, and hopefully everybody else another reason to watch. But it should be a great event tomorrow night. Absolutely. If you wanted to go see more on that, go to honorandremember.org. 
companies like yourself and, and Sunoco as well as Goodyear are the ones that literally make the tires go round of our sport. So, Mike, we appreciate what you and Sunoco do for the past 18 years of our sport, but also this weekend embracing Memorial Day and the Coke 600. So thanks for jumping on Stack and Pennies. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to Stack and Pennies. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, write the reviews, all the good stuff. Big week, Memorial Day weekend in the Coke 600. Make sure you tune in to Renegades after the Xfinity race, guys. You do not want to miss this show. It is so cool. Uh, it was cool to be a part of it, but it was also cool to dig up that footage and watch some of the best rivalries and fights in NASCAR history. Big week this week leading up. Stacking pennies. Tune in next week.